we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. My name is Simone, and you are most welcome at our Path to Power season, where I am speaking to some of the most amazing change makers, trailblazers, influencers, and individuals who are making a difference in and from and across the North um, from their communities by challenging the norm, creating more inclusive cultures and much more. And every single episode, I'm learning something new from our guests. You know, I love being able to kind of get some of that inspiration, some of that wisdom. I do swear sometimes that this podcast is just for my own sort of personal and professional development as well. So I love hearing all this, all these conversations that we're able to enable. And so hopefully we'll help you, whether it be your professional or your personal growth. And this week is no different. I'm delighted to introduce you to our guest, who is serial entrepreneur in the digital marketing and media space, Georgia. Georgia Halston, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Simone. And thanks so much for pronouncing my name correctly as well. I get a lot of Halstons. Oh. Uh, but straight off the bat, you were there with the correct pronunciation. So appreciate that. Very welcome. I get Simon all the time, mainly what <laughs> I get, but it's still fine. You, we talk, you use the term a lot, serial entrepreneur. Um is that how do you identify um I think that it's just hilarious because everyone just you know associates it with a serial killer that's the only other two the only two places where people use the word serial right is either serial killer or serial entrepreneur so I, just, I think it makes it sound it makes you sound like a little bit edgy uh, if you say serial entrepreneur you know uh, but I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I think that it's a little bit um, it's a little bit played out. But I think that it just means kind of you know you've got your your iron in a few fires. I think it mainly is what that means. Well, well, you are media and digital space. So how would you rebrand it then? How let's rebrand it right now. I like edgy, to be honest. <laughs> edgy entrepreneur. I do. I do like. Um, I do. I do like when terms have the same first letter. So I would go. Yeah. Did Did you always want to be a business owner? Do you know? I, I do get asked this question quite often. Um, and when I'm on panels, I I, I used to feel a little bit. Um, left out because I used to be on panels of women that were like oh yeah you know um my dad was out on the fruit stall and I learned all of this from him or my granddad was a shoesmith and all that you know and, and I come from a long line it's in my blood and all this kind of thing and I used to feel like quite left out and maybe even um embellish some truths but actually I think I'm far better off telling my actual truth because absolutely not I didn't I never in a million years thought I would run my own business growing up I didn't know anyone that ran their own business everyone worked um, in factories or they worked as joiners or they worked you know in local shops or in the northeast there's not a lot you know especially in the late 80s early 90s there was a lot of unemployment I didn't know anyone in my entire life until maybe as I was in my mid-20s who even ever even owned a business so I didn't have that around me and I think that it is actually now more important to tell that story because for people who 
don't have those influences around them it's you know it's a story to prove that actually it doesn't that doesn't matter you don't have to be have um entrepreneurialism in your blood you don't have to come from a long line of people that have done business you don't like the support is out there and you can do it yourself it doesn't matter your background or or your influences so what was the sliding doors moment because I I think I'm a bit I was a bit similar I was in the military then hospitality industry never had a desire to run my own business you know and being responsible for other humans and 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 and, um you know paying those wages and bills and rent and all that kind of stuff that goes it's very scary and terrifying um so I never had that desire so what what was that moment that went oh you know what I'm I'm doing this well I I did have at that point some friends who were starting their own businesses and I thought oh this is actually think something that people like me can do is that is that really something that and I, it was out of frustration as well at a marketing agency where I was working and um I wanted to do you know Halston B2B as it is now is B2B marketing agency and I did get quite um, quite bored of doing a lot of FMCG stuff that I'd been doing for a long time and I felt like I wanted to do things a little bit more growing up I was 29 and I was feeling like I was doing a lot of uh, social media and I was doing a lot of like alcohol brands and we were going to like big boozy parties and stuff and I thought this just I can't do this the rest of my life I need to do something a bit more growing up a little bit more cerebral something where I can reintroduce myself to my intelligence to my creativity and to my actual you know skills in marketing and and I thought well I'm, I'm never going to convince the guys that I'm that I'm working for now that they, they'll want to do you know life sciences or um uh, chemicals and coatings they'll never want to do um industrial manufacturing clients because it's just not fun right it's not sexy it's not interesting to me it's the most interesting thing in the world you know I we were just speaking earlier on give me a factory tour any day of the week I'm you know I'm on the verge of just getting my own pair of steel toe cap boots because they've rarely got a size three when I go for a factory tour it was kind of out of frustration of that and I thought I did see like a bit of a, a gap in the market take leads you chuck a stone in this city centre and you'll you'll hit a creative agency, right? But I did see, well, no one's really doing, really um, catering to the heavy industry, specifically to B2B. Everyone's going after that same prize of this big FMCG market. So I thought, do you know what? Other people are doing it. And I, I was at a point where I was just like, I've not really got anything to lose. I've not got any dependents, no one to look after. And if it doesn't work in a year, I can just go and get a job um, in a marketing agency again. I had enough experience that I was never going to be, you know, there wasn't really that much that that could have gone wrong in the early days. And I guess it was more just naivety than anything that like allowed me to just take this this step into to start in the business. And what did you enjoy most um, about those kind of early days? How did it how did it feel? Um, I guess it was kind of. Um, One of the first clients I brought in was um, an international chemical company. Um, They're Fortune 500 and they had 16,000 staff across Europe, Middle East and Africa. And they brought us in to um, support and digitalization of their internal comms. And it was kind of, you know, when people talk about um, imposter syndrome, I have my own rhetoric around that and how I think we need to rebrand the whole concept. But it wasn't imposter syndrome. It was kind of like... I can't believe I'm getting away with this. Like, I can't believe someone's coming in and actually asking me to do this. And wow, people are actually trusting me. Wow, I'm sitting in a room where people are looking at me as the expert. And wow, I can't believe that I'm able to sustain my own income 
without the support of anyone else or any business or anything around me and I'm able to do this on my own and every day was just like I can't actually believe I'm I'm living this life it's it's unreal and then when you start bringing staff in that's when it starts to bring you back down to earth a little bit because there's a little bit more stress around well I've got a lot of people to look after here you know I need to stop thinking oh wow this is amazing I need to start thinking no this is business this is you know this is uh this is business as usual this is what I need to be doing it's no longer um just me to to look after I've got a lot of other people that I've got that I'm responsible for so it started to be a little bit more serious after I'd say probably the first year so the reason I just wanted to ask about that is because there's lots of people out there who have set or setting up or want to set up their own business and sometimes it's that not knowing where to go or how to feel and I I asked about the feel because I I remember someone asking me you know how does it feel and I said it feels like I'm a bit like I'm on a white water raft and they're like is it going fast and I'm like yeah is it bumpy I said not really they went well just just strap in and and try and enjoy the ride and it it seems it sort of chimes to me a little bit the the way you just talked about sort of the 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 very early talks about I love I always want to put under that title of like that's that journey of self-belief that are you kidding me this is happening and I'm loving it and I've created something you know do you think that's I think that's something that we have to we expect difficult pieces don't we because it you you know we talk about entrepreneurs being you're everything you're the accountant you're the cleaner you're the uh, the receptionist you're the you know financier marketing you're everything but you know and that can get in the way of people sort of going on this journey but I feel like you know you've kind of really own that journey of self-belief is what advice would you give to anyone out there who's either at the start or in that sort of transition phase I think that I was always a hard worker right and I always loved um I always loved what I did but if I was working until six seven eight nine o'clock at an agency I would come out feeling a bit burnt out and I would come out feeling a bit like oh why am I doing this it's you know it's not is this really for my own benefit I remember the first couple of years coming out of the office at 9pm thinking this was a great day. I have done so much. Um, I've been so productive today. And because I was doing it for myself, it's a completely different feeling to sit and grind in a way for, for someone else's benefit. And if that's what you if that's what you want, if you think that's my goal, I just want to be able to be the master of my own destiny, then absolutely do it. And just think about... I mean, I know that I was in a position of privilege that I didn't have anything to lose because I knew that I could get a, a job straight away again if 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 it all went wrong and I didn't have any any dependence, right? And I know that that's not the case for everyone and it has to be a lot more thought out process for other people. I was in a stage where in life where I, it, it was an easy decision for me to make. Um, but I think if you are a hard worker and you you can put in the time and you can be working on weekends and and you can have that single-mindedness that tenacity and the just the drive to do it and to make it then you will make it you 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 make what you can or what you will or or what you drive to be in life and if you've got that if you have got that drive and you've got that ambition and you've got that that goal all you have to do is work hard you did I know what a PL was? Did I know how to deal with cash flow? Did I know how to invoice someone? Did I know what a VAT return was? Absolutely not. But those are things that you can learn or outsource or have amazing accountants do for you. 
did I know everything about running a business? Like, absolutely not. I didn't know anyone who even had their own business, like I said earlier on. And if you have the capacity to learn and work hard, those are the only ingredients you really need. Absolutely. There's an, and there's no one size fits all, is it? There's no one recipe for everybody. Because, you know, you've had a, a, a raft of um, of companies that have a, a, a cross sector, you know, so whether it be events, publishing, um, um, you know, sort of marketing. Is there a common purpose or value system that runs through, that has run through all of them? Yeah. So I, when you look at Halston Gray, uh, we've got the B2B agency, right? That, uh, that's right at the core. And that was what was called Halston Marketing that I set up in uh, 2016. And that's where everything sort of come from. Um, I knew that I wanted to do B2B. I knew that I wanted to do heavy industry. But what I also got caught up in, and it's an amazing um, part of just being part of Living in Leeds, and I would recommend it to anyone, um, is the tech ecosystem, right? And I had no idea I was going to be pulled into this tsunami of innovation that's happening in this city. I didn't even know it existed. Um, but I was so privileged to be privy to that uh, that ecosystem that um community that actually um all the other things that i have done since then have have kind of been off the back of um the dichotomy of thinking between the, the types of clients that we worked with at Halston what was then Halston marketing right so we had all that heavy industry stuff that i'm just personally really interested in super technical scientific and that kind of thing but then on the other side, I had all of this um, super high tech stuff, you know, satellite um, data companies, industrial IoT, um, big data, that kind of stuff. And um, marrying those two worlds together was when I first came up with what was then called RegTech Talks because we were uh, creating conversations around heavily regulated industries and how technology was coming to uh, develop efficiencies in um, in. Uh, those types of industries that had to figure out how they were going to um, adhere to regulation, right? So, so there was health and marketing, and then health, and then and then reg tech talks came out with that, and it was just like, I need something to allow us to to be the thought leader in both of these industries and bring both of these things together because I'm I'm caught up in this amazing tech ecosystem that's happening over here and I've got these clients and companies over here let's bring them together and started to understand from the people around me and the people that I was seeing in the in especially the the uh, women in business uh, community in Leeds that actually the people who do well and the people who have amazing support networks around them are the people who are the conduit between two different worlds. So if I've got heavy industry over here and I've got tech over here that can help each other, I, being that conduit between those two things is going to put me in a very, very unique position um, to to have gravitas in both areas, right? So that was what the whole launch around RegTech Talks was. That now has actually been rebranded as Tech Origin, which is the tech publication uh, that you're talking about um, that went live this year because it got kind of hard to still talk about just heavily regulated industries, right? Because it just it, we were going down such a niche rabbit hole that the audience um, was sort of dwindling because it was just too niche it was uh, it, it was too specific so we've opened it up to just tech uh, across the board um, then we've got sustainability partnerships, which is a business that um, we actually acquired in 2020 from an, an events firm that was um, unfortunately not actually getting through the pandemic. So that was just a, a bit of a, a quick buy. Let's see what happens with this, rebrand it. Um, and that's around bringing about sustainable change within the NHS. 
But then when I'm working with tech companies, a lot of those guys are now clean tech, green tech. When I'm working with industrial manufacturing or global supply chain, one of their massive pain points is sustainability. So sustainability definitely has been one of the things that the core threads that's developed through all of the businesses over the last couple of years massively. And the fact that when I come and speak to um, uh, an industrial manufacturing company and say, well, you know, I do own a sustainability focused business over here. Again, that's just given me that gravitas. It's given me that platform um, of information that opens doors to people to say, oh, well, they must know about that stuff. They can write our sustainability report. You know, they're, they're working with the NHS. So um, that's one of the key threads, definitely. Tech, um, sustainability, um, innovation, you know, these are threads that I just go through the entirety of the Halston group at this point. And tell me about the No Code Lab. Yeah, so No Code Lab, um, that's something that I launched with uh, my buddy Zandra in uh, 2020. Um, the fabulous Zandra Moore. Yeah, yeah. So um, she runs, uh, uh, I don't know if people know that there's an amazing uh, uh, No Code tech company um, in Leeds, Pan Intelligence. And she sort of came to us and said, you know, She's, a, she's another person that does exactly what I do when it comes to understanding that owning the conversation is so much more valuable than being part of it, right? So um, her whole mantra around no code and the, the whole no code movement was no one is owning that conversation in the UK. It's, it's everywhere in, in Europe. It's everywhere in, in uh, America then a bit in the Middle East as well, um, but no one's owning that in the UK. What can we do to to start the conversation around no code in the UK and, and start um, owning that? And, and also, let's engage that again, the amazing tech ecosystem that we have in the North around that so that actually, if anyone does own it in the UK, it's not going to be London. It's going to be Leeds. Um, so that was, a, and that, you know, just that kernel alone started to... Um, started to, to gain the interest of the local authorities, for example, who are just like, oh, OK, yeah, I can see how we can make this a Leeds thing. So started to get um, a bit of uh, support and engagement from from the council. And we just sort of went from there. It was initially a load of um, online events that we did, which was great because we had people from all around the world talking about the no code movement. Um, and last year we did our first hack. Next Tuesday is going to be our second hack at Climb 23 and it's going to be massive. Um, I'm just in the midst of getting that together now. And we'll put details, we can put details about this in the show notes because I think it's like, it's something that people go, what is that? I need to, to be part of that. Hold on a second. So we'll put all those details. Finally, because I never know where the time goes in this conversation. Just earlier in our conversation, you talked about imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome and rebranding imposter syndrome. Just talk to me briefly about that I just I feel that sometimes especially for female entrepreneurs right um it's it's kind of dressed up as a, an inevitability of something that's going to happen to you um and I feel like it's asked or it's brought up all the time to to female entrepreneurs every single panel it's like mm, how do you deal with imposter syndrome it's like you didn't even ask me if I had it you you, you assumed that it's something that I deal with because I'm a woman and, you know, come back to Zandra. Do you know how many times she's been asked about it? Every single panel she goes on. I look at my partner. He built um, a tech company. Uh, he was a CEO at age 22. Do you know how many times he's been asked about his imposter syndrome? I'd probably like to say zero. <laughs> I'd say zero. Oh. Man, yeah. 
And I just feel that it's now become this rhetoric that's indicative to female business owners. And it's really important for people who feel that way. And it's important that people can talk about it and, and, and come up with ways of, of tackling it. I don't think that it's okay for the next generation of female entrepreneurs who come to panels and see me talk, be quizzed about something that they think, oh, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, am I going to feel this thing? Am I going to, I'm going to have to feel like I'm not worthy. Oh no, all that I have to deal with is a female alive, let alone as a business owner. I am now going to have to deal with this one extra thing. It's not an inevitability. It, people, not everyone actually does feel like they're not worthy. I, I actually don't have imposter syndrome. And when I'm asked about it, again, in the earlier days, I, oh, well, I deal with it this way and I deal with it this way just so that I could be part of the conversation. But actually, I'm, I'm just turning around now and saying I don't, I don't, I'm not engaging with it. I don't, I don't feel that way. And I don't feel that it's fair for you to expect that I should feel that way. Yeah, I think, we, you know, imposter syndrome is one of those things, isn't it, that almost comes in that baggage. How do you have it all? You know, I, all there's, there's, there's different things that only, oh, a female um, mother entrepreneur. Well, we don't, why do we have to put extra words into things? I'm totally with you. I feel like we need to stow that now, put it away, put it under the bed, because 30 years ago, um, you know, when I was starting or was starting my career, we never talked about any of these things. It was, you just, you know, it was just, you know, how you kind of navigated. And I know, of course, the world has changed. But I think sometimes I think you have phrases that only associated or synonymous with um, with females. So, um, yeah, Georgia, I'm with you. Well, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I know that people do feel that way. And some pe- some days you can feel like an absolute animal and you, you, you're on your you know, your best day, you're on your A game and you don't feel that day, that way. And the next day you can feel that you don't deserve what you have. And I know that every single human is completely multifaceted in their um, cognitive engagement with the world. But it, it's an important thing for people to be able to talk about. Absolutely. Just please stop the rhetoric around it being something that's definitely going to happen to you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Georgia. I uh, could keep this conversation going on forever. In fact, I think we need part two, to be honest. Me, you and Zandra on a late night, Northern Power Women podcast. You don't what want do you to think me and Zandra on a late night as well? No, I think we do it live. I think I'm, I'm throwing that out there. We'll, There'll we'll be more expletives um, than, over than in, normal words. Over in Leeds, we'll do it. Late night, late night Leeds, that's what we'll do. Uh, Georgia, it's been brilliant to speak with you. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for joining me today. No, thanks so much for inviting me. Um, I've, I've loved this podcast from, from the very beginning. So really appreciate, um, you know, being part of it. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I've got to to speak to you personally. You're, you're such an inspiration to so many women, Simone. So thanks so much for having me on. Uh, and thank you for, you know, I have the, the best job in the world to speak to amazing humans like yourself. So thanks all of you for listening out there. Please remember, we have so many amazing people to speak to. We have these episodes weekly. So please do subscribe, sign up to our digital hub, which is wearepower.net. That's where all of our webinars, our podcasts, our events are. They're all on there. Whether you want to listen, whether you want to give back or gain as some of our power-up sessions, please do join us on this fantastic mission of professional and personal development, empowering each other. Uh, and please do leave a review. That'd be cool too. We'd love that. Um, my name is Simone. You've been listening to the Northern Power Women podcast, a What Goes on Media production. Yeah.